cars driving by the whole time. Yeah. So this is already better. Okay, well, I, I personally don't mind if you want to turn it off, though. Okay. I want you to get the best results. And I think now that we're just sitting, like, we won't be overheating. You know? I'm also turning the, the camera away, like, away, so you don't... Pay attention to yeah, yourself. Yeah. I think that's okay, good. good. Yeah, I think that's good because sometimes when I talk to people on Zoom, I I, I realize I you keep watch yourself at my face and I'm yeah. like, oh my god, this is almost narcissistic. This is fucked. I do that every night with my girlfriend when we uh, have our late night talks Aww. on uh, Google Duo. Oh, never not heard Zoom. Of that. Yeah, never it's like a, it's a it's an Android thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think it's just that like. I don't know. It's just so weird to like see your face as you're speaking because I know. that really never happens. Yeah. You know? So you're like, whoa, this is how I look when I talk. This is what I look like when I'm in bed. <laughs> it's very just strange. Just like sitting here like. Oh. Uh, it's very strange. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. Okay, so uh, we're going and I think, you know, I've been saying this in every podcast, but like people don't watch to the end. So promote your dates, promote your stuff ah, now okay. at the beginning, at the top when everyone's okay. paying attention. Um. All right. Well, in that case, I will say that we are playing August 26th at Rickshaw Stop, opening for Nicole Atkins, who is an incredible singer and songwriter and guitar player. Highly recommend checking out her music. And then we are playing the next day, Friday, August 27th at Henry Miller Library in Big Sur with um, some friends, the amazing, inspiring, magical May Powell and Pawdor. So it's going to be a magical evening. That's like my favorite venue of all time. And it just kind of fell into place. Yeah. Really stoked about that. That's one. amazing. Okay. I'm not going to have time to do an intro. So okay. here are my dates. Okay. Don Telefonte is hitting the road <laughs> Friday, August 27th at Big B's Bodacious Barbecue in Hotchkiss, Colorado. <laughs> I don't know what to think about that show, but come on out. Uh, Saturday, August 28th at UMS, the Underground Music Showcase in Denver. Uh, Sunday, August 29th at Fort Collins Museum. Okay, I'm going to tell you about this show. It's a very weird show. I'm not going to, it's not weird in a bad way, but it's just different. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then uh, Thursday, September 2nd through 4th at the Peppermill Casino in Reno. That's, uh, we can also talk about that because I have okay. no idea what they expect from that show. Uh, Thursday, October 14th at Cornerstone in Berkeley. Uh, October 15th, the Atrium in Santa Cruz. October 16th, the Starlet Room in Sacramento. Uh, Tuesday, October 26th, Valley bar in phoenix october 27th alibi room in palm springs never played palm Springs before so come on out uh, uh october 28th casbah in san diego friday october 29th soho yeah, in santa barbara that's what i was gonna and say that's we're the playing, last show and yeah. we're playing together and we're playing together I, I wasn't gonna go that far into the future but i'm really Got glad it. you said that yeah because go deep. it's actually kind of convenient because we share a bandmate. Yeah. Yeah. Zach Wallace, who plays guitar in my band, also plays keys, keys in and your Dante. band. Yeah. So we're playing a show together that night. And I think Queen Tide's playing as Queen well. Queen Tide. Yeah. Queen yeah. Tide's playing. It'll be all of us. It should be fun. Uh, first show since uh, uh, New Year's Eve before the lockdown. We played Soho right before it all collapsed. I never saw that, <laughs> but I just heard that your shows at Soho get really rowdy. They literally just gave us bottles and bottles and bottles. <laughs> and then like Cam from Queen Tide was just fucked up. And he had to play two sets that night because he's also on Queen Spill. And uh, yeah, it got 
a wild. Well, yeah. that sounds really exciting because I have a life goal of crowd surfing and I feel like this is going to be <laughs> one of the shows that's going to make it possible because I yeah. don't think I'll be able to crowd surf at my other two shows. Like for sure not Big Sur. Yeah. I don't know if the SFNU, if crowd surfing is going to be like physically possible, yeah. but I think Soho. At Sa- uh, Santa Barbara, Soho. Yeah. But we're opening. It's like a home So show. I might like just run on stage during yours and just <laughs> dive up. <laughs> That'd be great. That's my game plan. Maybe That'd we could collab on a song where I could crowd surf. Right, right. Yeah, that's what we got For that do. express intent. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, let's talk uh, Big Sur. Yeah. Have you played Big Sur before? Never. I no. love Big Sur. Yeah, I it's think so it's fun. such a magical place. Yeah. What's the show? Where are you playing at again? Henry Miller Library. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been there? No. I went to Woodsist once. Woodsist Fest. Uh, and okay. they do like a festival in Big Sur. And it's usually at Henry Miller Library. But they were doing construction on it. So oh, it was at a different location. Okay. So well, I still haven't seen the Henry Miller Library. Yeah. You've got to go there sometime. I would say come to the show. But I know you right. have a show on that yeah. date. But it's just a magical place. Like it's sort of like a cabin in the woods. It's cool. a bookstore. And it's surrounded by like a forest clearing which i assume that's where we're performing because i know it's outdoors and yeah it's just a magical place i've never seen a show there but i've seen like a film screening whoa yeah he like lived there right i don't know honestly okay. i really i i need to dig into <laughs> i should educate myself on this before we play the show but yeah yeah to feel the henry miller like vibes yeah exactly if he, if he did live there i don't know i heard he did yeah, I don't know. That's that's a potential. I'll have to look into it. Oh, my God. And then, uh, so, Big Sur, that's such a crazy drive. The first time I did that drive, I was just mm. like, whoa. I, once I, I, for, for one, I thought I was going to fall off. And it took forever. <laughs> it was like, I saw the sign that was like, mm-hmm. San Luis Obispo, only... 90 miles away and I was yeah. like 90 miles okay then that's I know how to I know how to get home from there yeah, yeah. so I did that whole drive and it took hours because mm. you can't go that fast you're just like going left yeah. and right and curv- it's curving yeah. and it's just like totally. yeah at least it it's a beautiful scenic drive yes on the bright side yeah do you get car sickness if I'm not driving mm. so you have to be the driver I may drive for that stretch yeah 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 it's pretty bad uh what about passenger can you do passenger um, I think I just like the best move is for me to be driving. Yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. but uh, I, I could probably make it work, but I, I definitely feel like I'm like have to go into a Zen mode and yeah. really concentrate straight ahead. And yeah. Wow. Uh, there's these great, uh, non drowsy, like at lazy acres, which is, you don't know, it's like a health food store in Santa, but massive yeah. health food store in Santa. Love, uh, there's like a non-drowsy, what's that? Dope, not dope. Like Dramamine. Dramamine. Yeah. I was going to say dope. Yeah, so it's probably thing. like ginger pills. Basically. Yeah. And they work pretty well. Yeah, but no, it really nothing. does work. Yeah. I, I've tried that before. I randomly got vertigo mm. like once. I just got a spell of vertigo. It was like a trippy, weird thing. And uh, I took, yeah, I bought non-drowsy Dramamine. Yeah. And it was just ginger pills. So It and, worked. And it worked. Yeah. yeah. That's so, what's crazy. Yes. I live by those things. Before I go on tour, yeah. there's like a few things I like buy before I go on tour and it's like mm. bagels because bagels will last forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least a week. Mm. Like, and then uh, the Dramamine pills. I don't know. Wow. That's good to know. It's, it's actually nice to have your tour tips because I, I haven't toured before. Oh. So, and this isn't really a tour. We're just playing a couple shows, but in my mind, I'm saying it's a tour because this right, is like right. a life goal thing for me. And I'm sure like a tour will be soon on the horizon. Yeah. I think so. I think yeah. 
touring can be scary. It can be um, nerve wracking. Yeah. It's a lot of work, but it's also like the most fun you can like ever have. Yeah. And the way I've been putting it and like the way I've talked to the musicians on this podcast is that like the shows aren't the fun part. It's the in between. And it's just an adventure. Yeah. That's what I, I never want. think about the shows. When I think back on tour, I think about, remember that weird diner in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> that's the stuff that like, I'm like, that's what I like about touring. Yeah. It's not the shows. Mm. You always play shows. That's what I'm excited for is the sort of just like spontaneous adventure. living in the moment adventure. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it demands presence and that's what I want. And totally. also like, I've just always had this, I've always loved like, 70s music and had this dream of like you know being a 70s rock star yeah. on the road like almost famous or something totally but like i want to be the rock star you know yeah um but yeah i don't know i'd love to make that a reality in what I, capacity we can you know i thought about this i've, I've always thought about that too because you know you love those songs like the eagles take it easy and they, they're talking about being <laughs> yeah. on tour and all their songs are just about being on tour because that's all they did was tour and yeah. uh i can't remember who did i talk to oh i talked to um an older musician i was like yo what do you guys do when you're in the car and they're like nothing <laughs> sit in silence <laughs> if the radio worked yeah. if there was a radio i was like oh yeah. shit we're so spoiled yeah. now with your phone totally. if you have like verizon or like someone like you can get pretty decent coverage anywhere mm. i went on tour t-mobile once not the case mm. very spot very patchy throughout yeah. the whole united states and then your phone just doesn't work for a while but on verizon it works pretty much everywhere and uh oh it's you're you're babied with entertainment i on the very road. much enjoy not using my phone though oh, it makes really? me feel free and I feel like, yeah, it's so easy to get addicted to the phone and to not have access to it. I feel like it's just like a breath of fresh air, you know, right. even though it's like such a privilege to have a phone right. and have access to all the information and the maps and everything. Right. It's just like it's so nice to just like have be living in the moment. Yes. Totally. There's a. Uh what was I going to say about, Oh, there was a moment in my life where my phone battery was awful. Cause the phone was really old mm. and it would die every day. Every day my phone would die. And those are some of the best times mm. when I would like get on the bus. I leave Metropolis, get on the bus and my phone's dead. And I just sit there with my iPod. Yeah. Sometimes and then people are like, dies, you still have an iPod. Yes. <laughs> yeah. For those moments. Heck yeah. Sometimes when my phone dies, I'm just like, Finally. Thank God. Finally. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> Let me disconnect uh, yeah, for a fucking yeah. second. <laughs> yeah. I think about that exactly. all the time. But you need it. I don't know. Like, what's yeah. your relationship with, like, social media and, like, having to self-promote your band? I don't know. I sometimes find, like, I think Instagram is, like, the primary platform that I use. Like, I don't have Twitter. I briefly downloaded TikTok and I yeah. uploaded a few... Um, like clips of my music like yeah. music videos and stuff but i kind of just like i don't know i wasn't i it wasn't like that interested and i feel like it would take so much investment of like time and energy mm. to like make Create a well-edited video on there so i kind of just like let that flow i actually don't know where it's at because i deleted the app <laughs> off my phone because i didn't have enough space um but yeah instagram's like my primary platform where i share my work and i feel like it can it can be like polarizing. Like sometimes I feel really inspired by what I'm seeing. And like, there's so many 
amazing tools that are shared on mm. there. Like, I actually feel like it's been a really cool platform for like mental health, mm. for like sharing tools for mental health. And um, just really amazing to see people's art and music. And that's what inspires me. Um, but then I, I also feel like it can be, yeah, kind of toxic. I think it's all how you approach it. And right. when it's kind of like the continuous scroll, yeah, that's when it, it just drains your energy and your time. Like, honestly, I feel like if we were to keep a log of how much time we're spending on that. Oh, like it there would be is a truly, log. truly, truly depressing, you know? Oh, yeah. I know there is a log and I try it not to look there. at that. <laughs> yeah, because I'm just like, It's Dang. very much there and all your activity and all your interests yeah. and your behaviors are being recorded. Totally. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's like, it's important to like absorb some inspiration and also, you know, it's a really good platform to share your work. Right. Or is it? I don't know. It seems like it is. Um, I'm not sure how much like, uh, you mean in, in in sense of you sharing your work or people sharing your work? Like, oh, oh I love this song. Um, Here, listen to this song. Well, that too. But I was thinking of like yeah, um, more, me personally sharing my work, like you personally yeah, sharing yeah, your work. Yeah. I think it's a good platform for that. I'm not sure how much like energy people give towards like seeing a clip of, of like someone's music, right. you know? But I mean, that's where like a lot of people who I don't know have heard about my music. And so I'm I'm thankful for that. But um, it's just like you think about all the time that you could have spent like creating your own art. Yeah. If, if you're just like in that scroll. Right. Zone. Right. Right. The doom scroll. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So totally. I think it's just like if you're able to um, use it in moderation, then that's great. What but. I've learned uh, working in social, because that's what I do. I do social media marketing. Oh, you do? Okay. Uh, there's something like, it's like working in a restaurant, right? Mm -hmm. When you see literally how the sausage is made, it's not like appetizing anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's how social media is for me. Because uh, like when I see it and I'm not emotionally connected, it's not my project, it's a client's account. I'm like, this is nothing. This is just me yeah. posting a picture and never looking at the app again. So I tried mm -hmm. to bring that into my world. I post and then I turn off the app. Yeah, I and think then I get off. That's kind of the best way to use it. And then it's like occasionally, like I have some trusted sources of inspiration right. of like friends that I'm like, wow, I just everything they posted, like it really challenges me and pushes me further in my own art. Right. But then it's like when you're just kind of like scrolling on the general yeah, feed, yeah. it's like it's such a mix of things, you know? Yeah, totally. Tick, uh, TikTok is the one I advise everyone to get on even more mm. so than Instagram because of the ability to be found. It's algorithm is so powerful and the way that it spreads out content can be so crazy. One mm. song, you could post one clip of yourself and boom, it has like a hundred thousand views and you're like, wow. what the hell happened? And it, it kind of feeds off this, feeling of people want attention it's like feeding on that and that's mm. why it's become so popular because yeah. everyone could go viral at any second and that's mm. what it likes and so as yeah. an artist if you could just post on there and let something go viral which is never a guarantee but like you could post something and it can help your career and it and you don't have to pay <laughs> it's great yeah, like it's I've free heard, yeah. i've heard that about it yeah yeah it's so a crazy had place some, some like i've had one on video do well Nice. And I'm like, what did I do? I'm like looking like, what did yeah, I do yeah. on this one that I haven't done the other ones? But it's just random. What was the video? It was just a video of us playing in jam in the van. But oh, I was wearing cool. this comedian's shirt, mm. um, Tom Segura, and his fans found it. 
Oh, and then they started commenting and commenting and sharing it with like the comedians and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I've met a few comedians that way, um, but like it's pretty weird. Yeah, that's interesting. So that's weird. such an interesting like crossover connection. I thought I was like, oh, you know, I'll wear this shirt and it'll go on YouTube and like maybe some fans will see it. But then I did that. I was like, wow, I didn't know. I just was wearing that shirt yeah. that day. You know, yeah. I had a feeling. I thought, oh, because you know, for a couple of people who like comedy and music, for those worlds to like intersect, which yeah. is like a big goal of mine, is to intersect uh, that comedy world. And music. Yeah. Cool. I Not, love that. I didn't. I didn't know that that was a goal of yours, and that's really. It's cool to hear just, people's personal goals with their music. It's all yeah. so specific. Yeah. They're the at least in the podcast like realm, like they're so involved, and everyone has a podcast, and everyone goes on each other's podcasts and promotes dates, mm. and and you know they can help sell each other's dates. Their fans, if you're funny on a podcast, you know who cares? Who knows? Uh, uh, music, we don't have that. There is no like way to uplift each other because it's so fucking competitive because there's so few mm. jobs out there that nobody helps each other out and i think it's the worst thing ever <laughs> yeah that's actually something i i try to actively combat within my own life like yeah i i feel like when i feel that impulse to like be um like holding on to like my resources and my connections, that's when I'm like, okay, I'm going to give this away. Right. Because I don't want to have that energy. And I honestly feel like it, it works against you in the end. Yeah. It's like a very narrow way to live and kind of cuts you off towards like a reciprocal flow of energy. Mm-hmm. Because when you collaborate and give to others, like it flows back to you. Not that that's like the intention, but it also feels good yeah. to uplift other people. I think that's actually something I've found that's a very important value to me in my career. Cause like I'm human like everyone else and I, I feel like jealousy of other people and I feel scarcity, like fear that like um, this could be taken from me or this person could do this thing and like do it better than me. But it's like, I think those are the times to, to be like, okay, well then I'm going to give them this. Yeah. Because yeah, if they can do it better than me, they should. But that's like totally an illusion because it's not even a competition in any way. Right. Everyone is so completely different and unique in their art. And that's the way I try and look at it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's very important to spread the love. Like an example, like even when like that place in Ventura hit me up and they're Mm. like, uh, you know, do you, would your band be able to play? I was like, I don't know if my band could play, but like, I'll send it over. And I sent it over yeah. to you. And I even talked about this on the podcast. I didn't say your name because I don't know. But like, you're yeah. like, I sent it to you and you're like, thanks. And then like a day later, you're like, actually, can you send me his information? I was like, okay, good. Yeah. I like that initiative of like, you can't wait around for bookers just to reach out to you. Totally. And totally. Uh, I love that you did that. I was like, oh, good. Oh. Yeah, I'll hand you. Like, here's his information. Thanks. Like, you know? I, I appreciate that acknowledgement. And yeah, I really appreciated yeah. you reaching out to me about that. And I also feel like it's important to build community because right. I think as an artist, like it's so easy to feel like so disconnected and lost. And it's just like you against the world. Cause it's like a tough profession. But if we build a community together, right. it's like we can all support each other. Totally. You know? And especially building that bridge between Ventura and Santa Barbara, because 
we don't play like I, I, not, yeah. I don't play a lot in Ventura and like I've Ventura bands don't really come over yeah. here like but we're so close we should be like trading shows and like those are completely different worlds people from Ventura don't drive well maybe they'll drive to San Barbara yeah. for a show but I rarely drive to Ventura for a show like yeah totally so I, there's like I two different audiences too much what's going on in Ventura but I heard that that place the tavern is yeah. really cool so they do the shows outside which is good yeah nice so you can play outside and you cool, know cool. Yeah. I'd love to play there yeah I know I don't know what's going on there like I DJ twice and then they well I shouldn't put their <laughs> I shouldn't put their dirty shit out there put but they had some blast. issues with like the city so they're not doing live events right now so they paused it okay, but yeah it, so I'm it. waiting to hear back too so that's what I know it's just tough you know shows are sparking up and then they're shutting down and yeah. Ventura is a whole different county so they do completely different things than we do like yeah. they don't have a mask mandate right now where oh, we do. Okay, yeah. So when I DJed there last Friday, I was like, how come no one's wearing a mask? And then like oh. I asked the bartenders, I was like, what's up with the mask? And they're like, we don't have one yet here. Just some Santa Barbara and, you know, oh, okay. LA. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, oh no. I, <laughs> I kept wow, my mind. I, I just that, kept mine yeah. on the whole night. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's all I can do. <laughs> but you could feel it. You could feel it. I feel like I can see people getting scared. Like I don't see downtown as alive as it was. Oh, Even if Santa it, Barbara, like, yeah, or yeah. anywhere, I don't really see a lot of people like out right now. Yeah, like totally. it was like maybe a few months ago when everyone felt like, oh, vaccine, okay, we yeah. can do this. Yeah, 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 totally. I don't know. What do you feel? What's the, what's your take on the city right now? The state of Santa Barbara. I feel like I've talked about this a yeah. lot on the podcast and like coming out of the pandemic like people kept asking me like about shows in santa barbara and i was like i don't know who's left and yeah i'm totally. slowly realizing that it's like not about who's left it's like who's new and i would yeah. consider you new oh yeah i right? know yeah because i kind of just emerged with like having a band and stuff because i've i've lived in santa barbara for a while i went to school here and then i left for a couple years and then i just came back and so like I just formed this band in the past like four months. So mm. definitely like new on the scene in terms of that. And I've played a lot of like solo kind of singer songwriter mm. things. Um, so yeah, like new on the scene in terms of having a band. And, and that's so, so fun for me. Cause right. I, I haven't like, I had one band before in LA. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really amazing to like have the energy of totally. a band behind you. But yeah, it's like very confusing territory right now. Like I was just saying that like before we even started this podcast, it's like when you book a show now, it's like you really don't know if it's even going to pan out. So everything's yeah. very like it feels on the rocks all the time. And I feel like I just keep telling myself to surrender, you know, because right. I get really locked into plans and yeah, pre preparing and yeah, I'm just, I'm trying to let go as much as possible. And I think that's important in music in general. Like even prior to this, it's like, I don't know, just like things can fall through at any moment. Like even having a band, you know, it's like assembling so many people and uh, dealing with all their schedules and everything. It's like, you never know. Someone could be like, Ooh, I messed up. Like mm. I can't make this gig. And it's like, you just can't get too attached to anything, you know? Right. So. And what's your, What's your like process when you hear that someone can't play a show? And it's like, shit, I need to find someone to fill in or Yeah, I think what, um, where are you at with that? Uh that hasn't really happened to me yet, but there have been like some moments where it was like not sure and things shifting. And like I think my immediate reaction was like a, a lot of anxiety. You yeah, know? yeah, because it gets I'm crazy. Just like, oh no, what am I gonna yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. But I'm actually like glad that these moments have happened because um, I've like had to develop 
a coping mechanism for that and to understand, you know, like, okay, well, we'll make it work. You know, right. like, this is just how it's always been done in music. You got to go with the flow. Like someone can't make it. You find someone new to right. fill in and like, you kind of just have to fully surrender. So it definitely feels a little bit scary. Yeah. Yeah. You have to keep rolling. It's, yeah. it's like, Oh man, it's the like, show must go on. The show must go on. Like example, like we had we had these gigs uh, in Chicago for Lollapalooza, and you know Zach couldn't do it, and I was like, okay, I gotta find a keyboard player now. But yeah. like in the past, when I was younger, I wouldn't have done that. Maybe I would have considered canceling. Maybe not yeah. for Lollapalooza, I would have yeah. found a way anyways. But like if it was just another show, maybe I would just been like, all right, guys, we can't do it because that's how it was in the early days if one of our bandmates couldn't do it mm. we were all super tight and Dante Lafonte was more of a uh, like a band yeah yeah, uh, yeah. it wasn't me and totally. the guys totally. uh and yeah it, I think you just have to keep pushing that's well, the kind of stuff that like I, drives me nuts I think that's actually a major difference is like for me I've always viewed my projects less as like a band and more so that like I'm a singer songwriter who's bringing in like musicians to support me right. because I generally just like write my music by myself and then I'll bring people in and like yeah they'll like bring in their own parts and stuff but like um, most of the content like I created and then I'm bringing other people in so right. it feels like it could be um, sh constantly shifting and amorphous and having different players right. and I actually feel like that that concept makes me feel a lot more at ease. Yeah. Because I, it's less to hold on to, you know? It's a little bit more uh, flexible. Yeah. And you can like move it around. Okay, well yeah. maybe what if we just did one guitar and it's like, okay, totally. keys and like, yeah, you can make it work. Because I know I can rely on myself. Like I can always play a gig by myself right. if someone asks me. So, and it's, it's cool to be able to do both because like I can play sort of like soothing, like, lullaby type singer songwriter stuff and then i can like bring out my band and it like almost gets a little bit of like a punk energy and can uh -huh. be really rowdy and i'd like to be able to like i can take any gig because it i can just read the energy of what is needed right um and actually it's just so funny that you uh said that about like in the past you might have canceled the gig because right. I actually did have this moment where I was afraid that one of my players wouldn't be able to make it. And I was like, oh, maybe I should just cancel this, right. but I really want to do it. And then it was so funny because I went on my Instagram and there was like a video or a photo you posted. And I can't remember what it was, but I was like, Ruben would never cancel. <laughs> and I was like, it gave me the, it gave me the strength. And I was like, Ruben would never cancel. Like I gotta be like Ruben. Oh my God. And then I was like, yeah, like if anyone can't make it, I'll just find somebody else. Right. And like, we're going to push through and yeah. yeah so like your presence gave me that strength i just want you to know that that shit has bit me in the ass many times <laughs> where you feel like mm, i don't know if i should play this show and yeah, then yeah. i push through and i play it by myself i was like this was the worst show ever yeah. oh my god why did i do this show but maybe you feel it was the worst show ever but you never know how like it right. could have affected someone in the audience or, or totally whatever, you never you know? know yeah like the other night i performed and then i was like oh my god i feel like i did so bad because like it was one of those gigs where like i actually genuinely like forgot parts of my songs right. and would like stop and be like uh and then like <laughs> oh <laughs> you know and I just like I was like man I just okay I kind of messed up but then afterwards my friend was like that's like the best performance I've ever seen of you like your voice just sounds so open and I was like wow it just like goes to show you really can't you really criticize don't know. yourself yeah. yeah oh yeah you're always your own worst critic like that's yeah that, I think that's just the artist way totally 
And sometimes seeing people make mistakes is more inspiring than seeing them do it perfectly. Right. In my opinion, like I think just to see like the true humanity behind it and see how they recover with grace or maybe even not, it's like more inspiring to me. Totally. Yeah, I think I think a lot of these lessons and a lot of the stuff I talk about in the podcast like has come with age. Mm-hmm. Like when we first started, I did things very opposite. It was all about like, what's the next move? Like, can we get signed? Can we do this? Can we do that? And like, I really, and people told me this in the past too, like you need to like, let go, dude, you need to like relax Mm. and things will open up for you. And I didn't believe him. I was like, no, I need to go hard. I need to like be super intense about this and, uh, and being very intentional of what we do. And uh, like, you know, I think that's why there was so little content of me on the internet because we were so like, we don't want to post anything that will look bad forever, even though we did, like, I don't know why. So it's, it's all about being less precious about the shit and realizing that something you post today will not be seen by everyone who follows you. And, it's yeah. just you could post it tomorrow too. Who cares? Everyone, it's like right. there's no rules to any yeah. of this stuff. And it's like I feel like wanting your art to be authentic and a reflection of like your multifaceted hum- humanity is like you. Yeah, you have to let go and and like you said, not be too precious with right. it because I think when something's too perfected, like it doesn't feel as like touching or accessible right. to me. But I, I also understand the other side of things like I try like I think I am a perfectionist inside and that's why I feel so committed to going against that because mm. I feel like that's such a block to my authenticity and my creativity and also just like my well-being because I don't want to constantly be like this isn't good enough or yeah. whatever you know it's just like that's a hard way to live. I think you know? we all know like friends in the past or musicians who are like that, like, yeah. Oh, I, I really want to get into music. I really got to start playing music again. Instead of just being like, I'm just yeah. going to do it. Like the people who talked about it all the time. Right. I had so many friends who just talked about it all the time instead of, actually doing or it. like that friend who's been like working on their album for like 10 years or something. Like, and you're like, Oh, when are you going to put out that album? And they're like, Oh, it's just not ready yet. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I just don't know when it's going to be yeah. like, and, that, go for it. Uh, and that's the kind of stuff that makes me so frustrated but also at the same time it's not my project and i need yeah, to let go totally i'm realizing that now i produced two bands um in the last couple months and like same thing i have my suggestions on where i think they should go with their mm. music but at the end of the day it's not my project and i yeah, need to let go totally and that's what's crazy um is, can i ask what bands you uh this band called the yorks in la oh cool and then plastic harpoons Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. We did four songs. I think they're going to do a full album, but so far we've done four songs. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. So it's cool. It's like a new experience. I haven't really produced anyone before. No one's ever really asked me. So it's like I haven't like thought about it, but just no one's ever asked me. But now people are asking me for stuff like that. And That's it's fun. Awesome. It's cool. It's fun. Yeah. It's like it, you kind of realize when you're in a studio with someone who hasn't recorded a lot, like, oh, I really have learned a lot over these last 10 years. Yeah. Like, oh. You don't realize it. You just think like, oh, I don't really know anything. And then you get into the studio and you're like, actually, I do know like some stuff. Like, mm. I do know how to like arrange a good song. Like I yeah, can do that shit. I mean, you produce your own music, right? Basically. Yeah. Um, so. I usually, the song when the songs are done, we demo them. And then I'm like, oh, so we got to get somebody else to like yeah. take us over that hump. And I think that's when you bring a producer in when you just need that like next 
push. Right, right. Know? Yeah, and it's cool to have like a collaborative energy with someone that you respect and trust. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you're kind of stuck in your own echo chamber, you know? Yeah, and with your own ideas, it's like, you know, if you're at that point of like, okay, we've been doing this band for, I've been writing songs, even not even a band, but like we've been writing songs for, I've been writing songs, these songs for a while, and I think they're pretty good, but I can hear them in my head, but I don't know how to like actually make that yeah. sound happen. That's when you bring someone totally, in. Totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. Yeah. But if you know what you want, do it yourself. <laughs> yeah, I, I've learned a lot through like working with like co-producers mm -hmm. who really knew what they were doing because for me, like, I had a very specific vision, but I didn't necessarily know how to achieve that because yeah. I hadn't like I hadn't really done that before. So I it was really awesome to like have someone that I trusted who also had like similar references and influences mm. to me because I, I would just like describe what I wanted. Yeah. And yeah, he was able to like help me achieve that. And it was honestly like so close to like what I would envision like. It was pretty amazing, yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about your record. Uh, you put yeah. an album. It's a, it's a full album. You would consider it. Yeah, it's a, it's a full album. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when did you, when, how long have you been writing it? Where did you record it? Like, let's just start from the beginning. Yeah. How long were you writing this thing? Well, I think I started writing it right after my, I released my first EP, Weird Flower, and that was in 2019. I, I remember I wrote the first song, Animals, like in 2019, just after that release. And um, it was kind of one of those things where I was writing as I went. Like, mm. I didn't write the full body of work and perfect it and mm. then bring it in to someone. Like, I, um, I hit up my friend Max Collier, mm. and he, we went to UCSB together. So yeah, we I know. knew each other. Yeah, he's really awesome, yeah. like, such an amazing musician. And he really wanted to start recording and producing some people. He was uh, wanted to try that out. So I was like, I'd love to try collaborating with you. So we um, recorded a song together, and it was a song that he wrote. It's And it's actually on my album, which I feel like is really a testament to, like, how much I do, like respect and appreciate his work because for me i felt like it was a value like i never want to have a song that i didn't write the lyrics to on my album mm. but i've really let go of that you know because that song that he wrote really spoke to me and i felt like it was my own words and we did that as an experiment and it just like i just loved the song so much so i ended up including that in the end but anyways like yeah, we we started working together right after that. I was like, I, I want to like continue to record like a body of work, like potentially an album. Yeah, and he was like, Yeah, I'm down. So, as I would as I'd go, I'd like write a song in Santa Barbara. He lives in L.A. And then I would be like, I wrote a new song, and I bring it into the studio. Cool. And yeah, we'd start laying it down, and it was very. I think it's like very raw because of that because we didn't. Yeah, we didn't try and perfect things too much. Like right. we never did too many takes of any instrument or voice and yeah, maybe there's some like element of I don't know if I would say like yeah, I would just say like rawness because of that. Hmm. Um yeah, it was really inspiring to do it that way in in my opinion. I think and you got a chance to focus on one song at a time. Yeah, that's what not we did. like, yeah. you know, we have to do these six songs yeah. or we have to do these 10 songs in this like week. Like. Exactly. It was a song at a time. And um, we were recording at his apartment. Mm -hmm. He had like set up his own um, little studio space. 
And I felt like so much freedom because of that. We didn't have to like pay by the hour. There was yeah. really no pressure. Not the feeling of like, oh, I'm in this like fancy studio where yeah, all these famous yeah, people yeah. go, oh, what do I, right, what do, I do? Right. It was just like so low key. So I felt like I could really be myself and try out all my ideas, which included so many things like screaming and like using that harmonica mic to like sing into right. and doing like sort of a spoken word like under my singing, like uh, adding strings on like all these like ideas that I don't know if I would have had the guts to do like yeah. without somebody as like supportive and like on the same like experimental like wavelength, goofy yeah. wavelength as I was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I think that's like, those are always the best recordings. The uh, being comfortable, uh, having fun shines through on the recording. Yes, I really do feel that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's why they feel good. That's why there's a vibe. It's not yes. so much that the takes were perfect because they're not always perfect. Like there's always something yeah. like um, this. This last record I did was very much the first time I'd ever done that where if everything was to a grid and everything had to be perfect because yeah. it was like very much like that was the idea this this is like a record we want djs to play and it right. needs to be like perfect right uh, so they can mix with it and stuff like mm. that and uh so th that was like the first time because i'd always done i'd always work yeah. like that let's just mm. get a vibe let's yeah. just feel good and uh yeah, it's pretty crazy. Well, Different recording techniques. I did it the other way around because my first EP, we really worked on perfecting and mm. polishing it and recording to the grid and like really like locking in the drums and everything. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it was really cool. Like I, I love the way it came out, but I think I just like contrasting those two experiences, like I really do prefer to just like let it flow and, mm. and feel a little more like live like it's obviously not live there's like so many layers it's very yeah. cinematic but um just letting it be more free and to capture the vibe the vibe you know? yes i think that's my preferred approach because i just i feel like that makes me feel more relaxed and at ease and it can just be heard in my voice yeah i think the next step could potentially be for you is like actually live would yeah, be crazy. Yeah. Like Actually, just at I'd least just drums, bass, and guitar, you know? Totally. Just to get that live and get that yeah. locked in. No, I I think that's pretty much like the next thing I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah, because I'm really yeah. inspired by like live energy. Like I think seeing someone live is is a totally different experience than hearing their recorded music. Like no matter how amazing it is, it's like Yeah, it's just it's a totally different experience and I, I would like, I would like to capture that. Yeah. Cool. How long after, um, cause I feel like this is another wall we need to break down. Like mm. how long after it was recorded, did it come out? Cause I feel like everyone has this idea. I'm going to record it and then we're going to put it out right away. Yeah. But that's never the fucking case. It's always like yeah. a year later, but like it's not always, but sometimes it's a, like a year later until it comes out. What was that process like yeah. getting it mixed, getting it mastered? I, I'm so bad with time, actually, so it's really difficult for me when people ask me these questions, but um, I I mean, I know that, like, after getting it mastered, I was kind of sitting on it for, like, almost a year. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I think I kept being like, oh, I'm going to put it out in a couple months, I'm going to put it out in a couple months, but then it would just... This is in the pandemic? Um, in the, yeah, because yeah. I was done recording before the pandemic hit, 
which was very convenient because then I didn't have to travel. Right. And then everything else was done remotely. Right. Like I did the, the mixing was and... actually the mixing was before the pandemic hit too because mm. I was I was there for like some of the mixing. I really wanted to like be present, be part of the experience. And then the rest happened remotely. Like half of the mixing happened. Mixers hate that shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I they didn't, don't like it. I didn't know that, but I I wouldn't do that again. Really? Yeah, I wouldn't do that again. I just felt like so invasive. Like I was like, oh, like what you're doing there? And I he's know, like, I know. Uh, okay, I really need to be alone right now. You I know? know, I wouldn't I know. do that again. Uh, uh, everyone wants to be in the room with them, and I always say the same thing. They hate it. They yeah, really do. I, I didn't actually know that. So like a lot of things it, I'm doing, it's like trial It goes by faster. Yeah. It goes by faster. I should have just let him do it. But I really was just like, I want to be there. Like this is like my baby. Right. And I want to be like hands on like through through the whole experience. But um, yeah, it wasn't necessary. But it was it was cool to like see what he was doing and, yeah. and have some input. But it, it wasn't necessary in retrospect. And then, like, the mastering was obviously done remotely because I think um, the guy who mastered my album, he's, like, based in Oregon. Oh, I'm cool. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's really awesome, though, and so efficient and just, like, yeah, yeah. immediately like, oh, the good. masters were good. Yeah, I was yeah, like, Great. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's um, nice about, like, when yeah. someone's really talented and you're like, oh, it's kind yeah. of a lot of money, but it's worth it because it's like, here's the first mix. You're like, wow, that's it. Yeah. You, I don't need more. Good. Yeah, okay. Totally. We actually save time. If you pay more money, you save time. Yeah. Like, I, I would like totally continue to have him master my totally. albums because it was just so easy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. His name's Timothy Stallenwork. I cool. think that's how you say his last name. I feel like I should drop his name since I just hyped him so much. <laughs> um. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, that was done remotely, obviously. And then I was kind of like... Just doing it step by step, like I really didn't know how to do any of these things. Like I was like, how do you shoot an album cover? How do right. you format it correctly? Right. Like, uh, and then how do you design a vinyl? Like, w- how do you get vinyl pressed? Right. Yeah, it was all just like I was like reaching out to people, was like, how do you do this? And, and oh. now I know how to do it. So I'm I'm actually so happy I know how because I feel like I'd love to like guide anyone who's lost on that <laughs> subject. Because I was just like, I really clear. I was like fully. I didn't know how to do any of this. I think it's the best way to go about it is, yeah. like I said, to understand how the sausage is made. Yeah. yeah. And like That's you such really. a visceral ha- analogy. It's, it's just so true. And your little record is a sausage. Yeah. Everyone's little records are little sausages. And it's like nice to like know, oh, that's how much it costs per record. Okay, then yeah. I charge this much. And it's like you're getting into the whole business and marketing yeah. world of it. But like. It's it's amazing to have that control versus like totally. a label just telling you this is how much it costs and you're like I guess that's how much it yeah. costs. Yeah, and I'm really happy that I did it this way, like truly being an independent artist because I want to know how everything works so that in the future, if I were to have the support of like a label right. or I don't know a manager, or an right. agent, or whatever, like I would know what it is that they're doing. So. Right. I think it's important to understand the inner workings so you can't really be like manipulated, not to sound jaded, but But it can happen. Yeah. And like especially with like agents, once you have a booking agent and they start sending you stuff and you're like, What what where all these acronyms mean? Because it's just like, yeah. it's like random acronyms that only make sense in their booking world, like What's the one that I had to like I had to Google G B O R the other day? I was like, What does that mean? But it's like gross box office 
oh. revenue or something. I was like, oh, okay, I get it. It's all Gabor. making sense. But then you're just seeing like Gabor is like eighty yeah, yeah. percent Gabor like, or like eighty five percent Gabor. I was like, what is that? Who's this like, Gabor guy? I was like, this is like some like weird <laughs> booking agent shit that I don't know anything about. Like, I need to ask somebody. <laughs> but like, I I've, I had that same thing too. Like, I book bands in Santa. I like, I still do that sometimes. Like, if a band that I really like is coming through Santa Barbara, like I'll reach out to their agent and be like, hey, can I put on this show? And uh, I'll just front the money for the guarantee and we try to make some money off it, right? It'd be fun. But at least the important part for me is getting like, you know, we did it with Twin Peaks, like from Chicago. Mm. I got them to Santa Barbara. And that's how I met them. And that's how I'm like friends with them. But like, I did that and it was crazy. It was fun. We didn't sell enough tickets. I lost a lot of money. But like, I love that band. You know, it's like. It's all a gamble, you know. It's all a gamble. But I know what it's like to be on the promoter side. I know what it's like to be on the venue side, as the artist side, as the agent side. I know what it's like to yeah work so i get it yeah, yeah yeah totally i think that's so valuable totally yeah it gives you a little bit more empathy for people you know because if you don't know what an agent does you're like why am i giving this dude 10 percent? and then yeah. you realize how much how many hours they put in and totally. negotiating for you and like how many venues they read it's not just like people yeah. you can't just email one venue and they're gonna get back to you it's like you have to email multiple venues right and, right yeah yeah i think that's something i realized like trying to plan like a mini tour a diy tour i was like whoa this is a lot of work yeah. and like it's really hard to get like specific dates in specific places and then to like route everything correctly so you're not like zigzagging. Other places have holds like, yeah, you're the fifth hold. So the other five need to drop out before you get this show. And you're like, what does that mean? It's like, yeah, you're pretty far away from getting that show. Right, like, right. Yeah. I know it's a confusing thing. So I would totally be interested in like having a tour manager in the future. Yeah, yeah. that's I feel like that's what anyone needs now yeah like book me shows i'll go do the work i can make the merch i can sell the merch like if you're trying to go the complete diy route i think having a booking agent and maybe they say someone in pr but i don't know how much pr i shouldn't say that because i have pr agents who listen to this show yeah, who yeah. pitch me bands to come on this show but like totally. i really and i need to have them on the show because i want to know what are they doing now yeah. now that pitchfork isn't as strong as it used to be right. and the blog isn't what it used to be right. like what is pr now I've been thinking the same thing because um, I'm just not sure. Like, it's cool to get reviews and um, and whatever, but it's like, does anyone even care? Like, I don't know. I don't necessarily. I'm not like, oh, this band. Like, they got this right up on this thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just caring about their music. So, so that's why the industry has shifted to Spotify and now Spotify yeah. has way too much power and they mm. like make and break bands and it's right. It's right. It's annoying as hell. It's yeah. crazy how the territory is always so quickly and constantly shifting. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's why I was saying earlier, like you just got to surrender. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's too overwhelming. It is. Yeah. And who knows? And now Spotify's sweating because TikTok is yeah, making and breaking yeah. bands. Dang, what the heck? I know. It's crazy. It's a crazy world, but you have to just kind of like keep pushing. Yeah. That's all you can do is just keep creating art and trying to create content. And yeah. That and just also I feel like that's such an overwhelming subject. And I just try to shift the focus because like I think about what my values are. And it's like obviously I'd love for my music to be heard. And that is important to me. But like I try and focus on creating art and playing live shows because yeah. I feel like that's how you really like reach people. And yeah, I, I want like 
people to feel understood and heard and like I feel like my music can be like healing on some level just for people to feel understood and I feel like that's best accessed through like live performance and like connecting with people right in real life but yeah, yeah social media is a great tool though because it's just so crazy like um I would like post some of my lyrics and then I, I guess I had this like follower on Instagram who's from like Italy and mm. they mostly spoke Italian. So they would like sometimes DM me and ask me to like translate lyrics. And that was just like so cool to me. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, I mean, in the past that that would never would have happened. Do you know how they found you? I don't know. Policy. Yeah. Spotify. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe crazy. Spotify or maybe, just I don't like know. Uh, explore feed on like Instagram. Right. I never use the explore feed. So that's why I'm like, yeah, people, I know lots of people who use it, but I never click on that thing. I don't know. Yeah. Why. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I'm always wondering. I always, I'm always so curious. Like, cause we had fans like that back in the day, like in, um, what's the, it's not Thailand. What's the other really big surfing South oh, um, Eastern Sri Asia? Lanka maybe? Maybe in one of those places there's yeah. like, a little hub that like loved Dante. Mm. I'm like, how? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. people find it. People find it on YouTube. They find totally. it's like so many different places you can yeah. find stuff mm-hmm. if you look for it. If you mm. want to look for it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, wow. it's it's really interesting to see like where your listeners are on mm-hmm. Spotify, and also sometimes that helps you book a tour too. Oh, interesting. Because you're yeah. like, oh, 500 people are listening in LA. Okay, maybe we could play like a. Hundred cap room or something. Right, Maybe we totally. could play that. Oh, uh, 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 where else? San Diego. Okay, and then you can kind of route something based on like. Uh, no, Chicago's a good town for us. Maybe we could play Chicago and like, you know, make it work. That's like, good. Good insight to have. Yeah. Do you also sometimes get um, messages about like where your music has been shazammed? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get that sometimes, and it like is really crazy. To That's me. weird. Like my music got shazammed in like Russia, and I was like. <laughs> what the heck that's insane like that's amazing i I don't know that just blows my mind because i i'm like who's listening to my music in russia how would they hear about right i don't understand how people hear about me like outside of like santa barbara la and like san francisco because that's where my friends are right right yeah so it just always blows my mind i'm like wait cambodia yeah russia italy Ah." what's gonna happen yeah Yeah. that's one cool thing about about social media that's probably the best part is is people being able to reach out to you and like I had a guy email me which I haven't responded to I will respond at some point this week I hope I have time but he uh, hit me up for the chords he's like hey man I'm trying to learn all the songs oh, right so now can cool. I play the I just want to play the chords and I can't that's figure so them cool. out I'm like oh that, that's that nerdy it? not yet that's what or I was saying like, I, I can't release the recipe no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like the chords are for everyone but like yeah, yeah like yeah. I'm definitely down I, I, awesome. At least for this album, is pretty funny because I like wrote it all in piano, and I don't know how to play piano, so I would stumble on Whoa, chords a lot. So, cool. so I would like have my guitar next to me and be like, "Oh, what is that? Oh, okay, that's that chord." Yeah. But like, so I would stumble on shit a lot. So that's why I like when people get excited about the chords because yeah, I get excited about the chords. It that, took me a long time to write this record. Yeah, that really inspires me when people are like, "I don't really know how to play this instrument," but and then they start playing, <laughs> and I'm like, "What the?" <laughs> Yeah, that was like my friend and I, we played like a little show last night, my friend May Powell, and she yeah. was like, yeah, I don't really know how to play piano, but I wrote the song. And I was like, I filmed the whole song. It was like the best thing ever. And I was like, I'm going to listen to that like every day. I was like, <laughs> she was shredding. That's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, you said last night you played at Yoga Soup? Yeah, it was it was just like a cute little thing. Like, Have you been there before? 
Yeah, I um, I go there all the time. I love that mm. place. Yeah, it's an awesome yoga studio. It's Is this still by the band. roasting company? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, basically, the owner of the studio, Eddie Elner, he taught a little class, and then afterwards, we did a little candlelit serenade. Ooh. So. I played, um, Zach Wallace was playing electric guitar, some kind of like, you know, whale sounds. Like right, very right, ambient. right. And then after that, May Powell played, supported by Garrett Barley, and he was playing, yeah, he played guitar, and he also played um, lap steel. It was very ethereal. How do you know everyone's names? <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> I'd be like, I, that, and then they had that one dude on the lap As steel. I said his name, I was like, please let that be his last name. <laughs> I think that's his last name. Oh, God. I hope I'm it is. so bad with that kind of stuff. I'm edit like, the podcast. Nah. And, and if I said the last name wrong, just like go over it with your voice and say nah. the last name. But um, no, I know his name because we like um, me and May and Garrett, we like hung out all day. They stayed oh, cool. at my house. So yeah, Sweet. they're they're really cool. It was the first time I like met him. So yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's always a nice, uh, the nice part of like going on tours when people let you sleep at their house or like, yeah. you know, and then you could pay, you could pay the favor back when they come into town and you can like totally. let them s- spend the night somewhere. And it's so fun to just like connect with people and adventure with them. And, right. Yeah. And show them your, oh, and you if live. they've never been to San Barbara before. Yeah, totally. that it, like it puts like a a new energy on San Barbara. You're like oh yeah, yeah. sometimes this town you, if you're here too long you're just like okay yeah it feels totally like a it's, trap, a, it's like, a small town mm-hmm. and and it's, I don't know if you feel this way but sometimes I do kind of wish there was more of like an invigorating art scene here right yeah yeah so that's but, been yeah. the complaint like since I was a kid yeah because like did growing, you grow up here yeah I'm born oh. and raised in San Barbara oh, cool. so like growing up in the 90s it was always like such a big scene and there's venues everywhere and like mm. bands were getting like signed to major labels out of Santa Barbara oh, and it was I like there was that, like a honestly. weird like little magnet like here for like a split second in the mm. early 90s um, cause that's when, you know, they're not great bands and mm. they're fine bands. They're not my taste, but like, you know, Dishwalla, Toad the Wet Sprocket, these bands, oh, okay. um, that got big on MTV. Mm. Uh, and then for some reason in the two thousands, it just all went away. Mm. And that's yeah. when I got into it. I started playing mm-hmm. in bands when I was 14, 2004. So right. it was done by then. And people were just complaining mm. like, oh, the scene's dead. The scene's dead. And now the scene's been dead for like 20 yeah. years. And it's like, yeah. it is what it is now. I mean, I know a lot of great musicians here, and it's yeah, like that's, so fun to like. That's why I always say it's not yeah. the talent, it's the access. And right, that's yeah. what it is. Okay, I'm glad you say that because I've, I've been trying to figure out what the missing piece is because, like, I know so many talented people here, but I feel like it's just not like gelling, like, we're not coming together. Yeah. And yeah, I, I sometimes am wondering if it's because it's not like this, like a dense city where it's kind of like like a little bit of grit and that pushes you to create, you know? Yeah. I it's think it's such a relaxing place. It's too relaxing. Is of it a too place. relaxing? It's for too art? relaxing. I think <laughs> it is too relaxing for art. And that's why the art can be kind of boring sometimes here. Yeah. Like, maybe. Cause everyone's just having fun. Yeah. But yeah. like, it's fucking hard to live here. So I don't know why everyone's so happy and chill. <laughs> it's it's like ocean. so hard to live here. It's uh, maybe it's like just the beautiful nature and right. close to the ocean. But yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's hard to make it work. It's hard to make it work. And so, I don't know. We have Soho, which is a big venue. Like, your everyday band is not going to be able to fill that place up. Yeah. There needs to be just like a step below a hundred cap room. Yeah. 150. Yeah. So, like, when out of town bands that do well in LA, but Santa Barbara's a fucking hard market, like, you could Mm -hmm. fill that place up 
and it will feel full with like 40 people. Yeah. <laughs> like like totally. we need that in between. Right. Because right now you either play a bar or Soho and there's no yeah, in between. And I it's know. hard. It's fucking hard. Yeah. Soho is definitely the spot to play at. Yeah. I haven't even been to the new venues that opened. Music Alley. Yeah. haven't even been. I emailed them. I haven't them. been there. Yeah. I emailed them and no one got back to me. Yeah. I did too. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like. Yeah, because I was I'm like, down to give a new place a shot. Yeah, I was trying to figure out like where to play here when because I, I wanted to do an album release mm. event and I wanted to make it like a big thing with like art and like vendors and different mm. bands playing. So I, I hit up a bunch of different places and it, I I didn't really hear back from that many places. It wasn't really falling into place. And then like last minute, we actually played a house show oh, in cool. Isla Vista, and that was like insane it was so really? fun like people were on the roof there was like a van outside and people were on top of the van it was like huge and it was so fun and i'm really glad we did it that way because it really felt like the energy that was needed like that kind of diy and just very like real energy but um i'm yeah. glad isla vista has not changed yeah, yeah. it has <laughs> not changed at all because that's where we got our start we played yeah. on the six five block of dp every weekend really yeah because my oh, drummer lived that. there oh that's so funny so and uh my guitar player and bass player also went to ucsb so we would play their houses too i honestly didn't <sighs> know that that's i i love that it was yeah. stressful because i would have to get work off every weekend like oh yeah we're gonna buy a keg and we're gonna play the house and then like it kind of worked like my drummer's mentality was like freshmen don't go down far enough so we'll get all the freshmen and it's true because over that next oh. four years those kids got into KCSB and they would book us a lot of shows at UCSB wow, because they saw us when they were really freshmen. Smart. You have to think four years ahead, but like it, yeah. it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Playing shows in IV is really cool too because I feel like people like they get really excited about oh, yeah. music. Yeah. And they get because they're excited not to be home in their hometown. Like they're yeah. in college for the first time and they get there's a band like interested and invested mm-hmm. in the music yeah like just from playing that show like i've had so many people like reach out to me and like want to come to my other shows totally and, yeah it's been really cool it's pretty crazy when you go out of town and it's like yo man i saw you when i was a student at ucsb i live uh-huh. here i live in pittsburgh now but like sick you're still doing your thing That's like that conversation so cool. happens all the time to me i love that i'm like oh i'm old Oh, I've been doing this a long time. Like, that's when it hits me. Like, oh, you're like an adult now, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Ugh. But I also remembered um, being young and playing in Ivy. I was like 14 when I was first playing in Isla Vista. And the older bands that would like invite us to play shows, like when I became 21, looked at me and were like, dude, you're old now. I'm like, yeah, dude. That's how it works. So now it's just, you know, I don't the cycles. even know how old you are. Like, honestly. I'm 31. That's not old. I know, but like in music terms, it's old. <laughs> I think that this is actually something that needs to be like Ooh, broken debunked. down. Yeah I, yeah, I really think so because it's like, I, I don't think there should be like an age cap on right. music. And I feel like people get better with age. And I'm like super inspired by musicians who are way older than me. I mean, I feel like they just like, their music like refines with time yep and then you have more life experiences there's more to write about there's yeah. uh you just get better at your instrument yeah like, so i think that's such yeah. bullshit like yeah it sucks i i really think so and i feel like we don't have to give in to that and i feel like totally. we can all collectively rise against that and be gray-haired rock stars <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm i'm at that point now every i used to hate my birthday but now i i love it because i realize how many people didn't make it to 31 
yeah, and I'm totally. still here. And this is like amazing that I get another day. Like this is fucking awesome. It's like, a huge blessing. And oh, also yeah. age is just a number, you know, right. nobody ever really knows how old I am. Like everyone thinks I'm so much younger than I am. I feel totally. like I kind of have like a baby face and everything. <laughs> so I, and I feel like that, like, well, I guess like if I go by the system will like work to my advantage in music, but I don't, I personally just don't think it matters. And I feel like the yeah. people that don't think it matters, they really go further. Like think about yeah. Patty Smith, you know, right. I love Patty Smith right. and she's, she's out there doing her thing and I totally. don't know how old she is, like in her seventies or something. Easily. Yeah. She's yeah. such a legend. And she's great. She's, she's and awesome. it's just, you know, just keep making good art and it doesn't, no yeah. one will ask your age if the songs are good. Yeah. Like exactly. Your age doesn't show up on your Spotify profile. Just make yeah. the good songs. Like I'm never going to stop like making music and yeah yeah doing what i do just because of age that doesn't make sense to me when did you start playing um guitar yeah well i i was given a guitar by a family friend when i was like 13 i believe and yeah he heard me singing was like you should really have this you know maybe you could like write some songs and um yeah so i started like strumming the guitar Mm -hmm. and and making up little songs. But um, yeah, I mostly played like guitar in order to write songs right. and accompany myself. And so, yeah, like the past like five years, I've really put more into like getting better at guitar and right. like learning theory and everything. Um, so not that that's So like, it's always about being a writer. Yes, yeah. it's all about writing to me like even... I mean, I always wanted to be like a performer in some way and I always wanted to make music. But like even before I really committed to that, like I want to be a singer and a songwriter, like I wanted to be a a writer, like an Mm. author. And I was always really into poetry and I just read a lot when I was younger. So I think that like expressing myself through my words has like been my greatest passion. And then just like that I'm able to sing them like that just takes it to the next level because I feel like people are a lot more receptive to like, I don't know, hearing your words if it's sung. I don't totally. know. It, it feels more powerful sometimes. Mm. And what, what was that click? What do you remember the age you were when it clicked? Like, Oh, I think I want to like do this for real. Um, I think like I started doing musical theater when I was like a little kid. Oh, like really? I was like six or seven and my mom was like, you should really try this, probably because I was very dramatic. Um, yeah. And I, I really loved, like, I, I at first I wanted to be, like, an actor and maybe, like, um, be in musical theater and, like, be that triple threat, like, dancing, totally, acting, totally. and singing. And um, then, like, as time went on, um, when I went into high school, I remember I was in this one play and... I really wanted to like have a really big like role and have a lot of lines and stuff, but like that just didn't really ever like pan out for me. Mm. Like, I don't think I'm really like that great at acting and playing other characters, but I got this role where I was like singing the song and I was supposed to be this like sixties, um, like psychedelic singer. Like it was modeled off like Grace Slick. It was like a student written play. It was so funny. It was like music through the decades. (laughs) And I like was so into that Mm. part. So like we actually took this show on a little tour and we went to like Europe and everything. It was so cool. So I was like singing every night and I was like, this is, this is for sure my thing because Mm. with acting, I'd get so nervous and I would like, I would be like, oh God, I can't forget the lines. And I couldn't really fully be in it. Yeah. But with singing, I was just like transcending. And, and everyone was like, dang, you got pipes. Like they were really receptive right. to me as a singer more so than like an actor. 
And I was like, this is it. This is this it. This is it, me. yeah. Yeah, and I... So what grade was that? That was like... I, I was in ninth grade. Okay, so you were about 14. I think I like knew before that that I, I wanted to write music and be yeah. a singer. And I, I always like... That's always been like a thing for me. I'm very like uh, persistent. Like when I have some idea, I just don't let go of it. And right. I've always wanted to be like an artist in some way. Where'd you grow up? Um, I grew up half in San Francisco, half in Palo Alto, because my oh, parents okay. lived in two different places. And yeah, so I would associate most of my upbringing with San Francisco. Ah. But um, yeah, I definitely was like half city kid, half suburb kid. Right, right. It was an interesting upbringing. Oh, that's cool. I'm going to the Bay Area this yeah, weekend. Yeah, Bay Area. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. My sister's going to USF. Oh, nice. So we're going to uh, take her there and do the orientations and do the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, awesome. It should be interesting. I haven't been yeah. up to the Bay Area in, boy, since before the pandemic. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I don't know what's going I don't know what the vibes are up like. There. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. But I, San Francisco is like one of my favorite cities Oh, ever. it's so fun. Yeah, I've it's always so thought like I'll I'll end up living back there again someday. I'm not sure, you know, things always change, but yeah. I, I love that city. I, there was a moment where like most of my friends left up there and then the pandemic happened. Now I'm like, oh, I don't think I know anyone left. Yeah, totally. A lot of people <laughs> I don't know moved if I have with the yeah. pandemic. I feel like a lot of people were like seeking respite in more oh. like rural areas, you know. Yeah. Do you Do you have a rural town that you think you can go to? Uh, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think of like Santa Barbara as like that, that like getaway. Yeah. Like a getaway. Yeah. Cool. I mean, that's why I moved here because I was living in LA before that and I just kind of felt really overwhelmed and like overstimulated. Yeah. LA is weird. Yeah. I I had to like, I needed like a break and Mm. yeah, Santa Barbara was like my saving grace. Yeah. You're like, yeah, this feels familiar. Honestly, I felt like. I my nervous system had been like on high alert for like a few years yeah. and I was like whoa I feel like I'm just shedding layers and able to be like myself again yeah that's really nice yeah and that's nice you know LA for me I was there for three years and it was just like I had these ideas that I was going to network and play shows and ended up just like working all the time and not doing any of that stuff. I was yeah. like, this sucks. And then the more and more I think about it, when I came back to Santa Barbara, I was like, you just create stuff and put it on the internet yeah. and it doesn't matter where you are. I, I think that's very true. Yeah. And that was the realization I had. Um, and that's such a common story about LA because yeah. it's like really hard to make it work there. And the friend thing, yeah. I always say this, it's such a big city, but it's the most loneliest city I've ever been to. Mm. Unless your friends live in the same neighborhood as you, it's like kind of hard to get from this place to that place. Right, like, right. If you have friends yeah. on the west side and I was like living in Highland Park, it's very different to like... Yeah go to Santa Monica and hang out with some friends. That's a long drive. Yeah. Like, I think that like you have to drive kind of like 40 minutes to an hour anywhere. to like go to an event or see your friends. Like it just kind of causes this like disjunct, like stunted flow of right. energy in, in your life. And it like doesn't really allow for like spontaneity. Cause you really have to like plan for things. And yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting. I think a lot of people like, I'm sure a lot of people love LA and it works for yeah. them. Um, it, yeah. And I think at times, like, I honestly love visiting. I think that's right. more for me. Like I like, it's a treat for me to go and visit LA and be in that energy for like a night or two. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know if I really see myself living there. And even Again, though I, yeah. I had a lot of 
cool friends there and people I still keep up with. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Do you have any shows planned for LA? Um, I don't have anything planned at the moment, but I would love to, honestly. Yeah. I think that's a great place to play. Yeah. And um, I'd really love to play the Echo. That's one of my biggest dreams. So when you said that, I was like so happy for you guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Echo's awesome. Yeah. I haven't played the Echo uh, since the change of ownership because I knew the original mm-hmm. owners, but uh, now it's like owned by Live Nation. So I was like, well, that's oh, it. Okay. I'm never going to play there. And then uh, yeah. uh, I did. And it was cool. So nice. It was awesome. They did some nice renovations to it and it looks nice. And yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But the reason why I asked that is because usually when bands go on tour, I know you haven't toured, but like mm-hmm. you kind of go through all these random towns and like everyone falls in love with a different rural city. And like oh, mine is yeah. Boise, Idaho. It's not that rural <laughs> compared to the rest of the yeah. state, but I love Boise, Idaho. Yeah. Boise. And uh, I was talking to my buddy Misha from Sad Girl and his is El Paso. Like there's these nice. random little towns and El Paso is pretty super cool. And I wouldn't say it's random, but like you don't think, oh, I should move to El Paso. Yeah. I should move to Boise. But they're very cool. I like, think yeah. one cool place that I've been to was, have you ever been to like Mendocino area? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. It's really magical. there, like, Ooh. um, up North. Um, yeah, it's just like a magical kind of like fairyland. Cool. Just beautiful. Um, but I visited a friend who lived there on like a farm and cool. there was this nearby town called Point Arena. It's like a coastal town. And like, yeah. I, I don't know if this is true, but she told me like 400 people live there. So it's like oh. a very, very small Ohio coastal energy. town. And like, yeah, it seemed like everybody like knew each other. And yeah, I just, I went to the town and I like stopped at their like food co-op and I was just like, wow, like, should I just, <laughs> could was, this be my yeah, life? I was like, it was right before I moved to LA. I was like, uh, do I just want to move to Point Arena? And I was like, no, no can't do that. Uh, I was like, should I just become like a farmer? And yeah. Like, or work at the farmer's market? No, no, no. I want to make music. Yeah, yeah. But you can make music from anywhere. And But I, the access to shows is different, too. That is true. That's that the hard true. part. Like, I keep saying that. You can make shows, you can do anything. But, like, if you're living in, like, the middle of fucking nowhere, and it's, like, taking you more than 10 hours to get to a major city, you got you got to move yeah. just a little closer. Yeah. You got to, you know. I think yeah. it's okay to, like, live in surrounding areas. But, yeah, that that is true for playing shows. It's hard. Yeah. And, and I think the connected. best way to make fans is playing live. Yeah. There's yeah, no there's no cheat code. It's like you have to get yeah. out there and play. I agree because I think those are like the more long term yeah. fans, you know? Yeah. It, yeah. It's it's more real. Yeah. Because someone absolutely. could see you like for two seconds on the internet and be like, Wow, that's cool and follow you and then they forget about you and then maybe right. they unfollow you later, you know. So. But it's the live experience that you can't replicate on the internet even with the live sessions or whatever like i did some too because that's all we could do in the pandemic i was like yeah some live sessions like that's kind of cool but like it's not the same it's a it's its own thing but you can't beat the live show yeah i agree and it's also like that that's important to me because i i like to like check in with myself about like what is this about for me and like i don't think it's really about like selling like myself like my brand for me it's just like i want to have like transmit like a healing experience to someone like channel like the divine you know so people can feel connected to that as well and it's like okay like maybe they will forget who i am and that's not really like so important to me i think like the live experience and and bringing like that moment of understanding and connection and like joy to someone is more important to me than like 
yeah, just like the idea of getting fans or whatever. Yeah, you know? what was your original goal when you wanted to start a band? Like, was there a band in particular, like, oh, if it could be like them? Or was there like a, what was the goal? Well, I wrote, I made the album with my friend Max, and then I was like, I just want to play this live. Hmm. So that was my goal of creating the band. But also, like, I just love to perform. Like, I told you I began in musical right. theater, and I'm like, a very theatrical person and I yeah I like to just like get fully into the energy and like lose my shit on right. stage it just like it feels really good to me and when I'm like performing it's really all I want to do and this is like what I feel is my purpose mm -hmm. so like having a band to me is like giving me wings to do that totally yeah because I, I do love performing solo too but it feels a lot more yeah, it feels I feel so exposed and mm -hmm. like it's such a raw experience and I I I like to feel like all the energy of the instruments around me and to like yeah, really command. You got to feel the drums and the bass. Yeah, you yeah. know, that's like what feels like a real show to me. Like I I don't mind people who play them by themselves, but I've never enjoyed playing by myself. Like yeah. like it's not enough. I for like me, it you know? and I think it's good character building, but it mm. honestly is tough and i respect like i think the environment has too much into play yeah like if it's not if everyone's not super quiet or like not fully on you mm. i feel like if people are talking it's a loud bar or something and then they're talking and you're trying to play it's like fuck. it feels like, like the environment has a big factor demoralizing yeah. oh my god but if and you're in the like, right space and everyone's quiet it's like oh this is that's awesome. when it's amazing and yeah, you feel yeah. like so uplifted and like mm -hmm. so seen and it's good vibes but yeah yeah when you play in those settings where like nobody's listening or like even worse they kind of like don't want to hear you you yeah, know they're like, they're like shut up <laughs> yeah totally. that's when it's like it, it, you try to not to take it personally because it's like you know everyone has their different reasons for maybe not want to hearing music right now but yeah it it hurts it hurts it totally you know? does i've yeah. totally like cried after a few like solo performances even though i knew i was like i did my best and i i actually don't feel bad about my performance itself like it just felt like so disconnected to me yeah. that was like painful yeah, yeah that's like a that's like a very real thing that i've experienced as well yeah. like, oh there's just something missing from the audience to me and mm -hmm. i didn't know there was maybe no way we could win them over they yeah just, totally you totally. know, maybe you're opening for a band and it's not it. Yeah. You know, they just want to hear the, the headline right, and you're right. like in the way. Like yeah. that happens a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so interesting. It's like, it's really good to have those character building experiences though. I feel like it's good to have a tough exterior with that totally. kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. How long have we been talking? I don't know. It's a good question. Okay. You brought your record, promote the record. Yeah. Um, so this is my newest record, and it's pressed on vinyl. Um, it's called Angel City Radio. Who did the album art? Um, so the photo was taken by my friend Paige Strabula. She's incredible. And it's so cool, like, how convincing this looks. I'm in, like, an abandoned theater or something. But I don't know if it can be seen on screen. Yeah. But um, this was actually in her garage with an old theater spotlight. I was sweating bullets. Wow. And this was in her garage, too, in uh, her friend's old car. Wow. And we just dimmed the lights and then, like, had some red lights. Additional it's so lights. cool. I like to talk about that because I'm like, yeah, it's just so crazy. Talk about it. And I love, like, the whole DIY aspect of that. But, um, yeah, full-length album, 11 songs. Angel City Radio is what it's called. 
and there are two different pressings of it. This one I love. It's clear Ooh. with a black splatter, and all the black splatters are different. They're all unique. Yeah. Um, and it kind of reminded me of like a Rorschach test. Totally. Like, and I thought that was like just so creepy and like, the, yeah, it's a very like reflective and kind of haunting album. So I thought that really fit. Um, and then we've got this one, which is like the classic white Ooh. record. Nice and shiny. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. So I. That was really hard for me to pick a, a vinyl color. Yeah, I, I had definitely had like a lot of back and forth in my mind about it and actually ran it by like um, Paige, the woman right. who shot the photos. I was like, oh, what do you think? And she gave me some insight. And I, I'm really happy that like I felt like her insight really brought it together for me. Um, but yeah, I'm so freaking stoked about this album. And I, I've never felt like something I created was like so true to me. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like this... I feel like this was like the album for me and right. it's like only my first album. It's so just, maybe it's the, even, and this is just the beginning. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like I feel so solid about this that like I, I still like love these songs and I love performing them. Yeah. It makes me happy. Nice. Well, let's talk about that day shooting the artwork. Like what was it like? Oh yeah. Well, I, we kind of had, like a rough idea beforehand of what we wanted and i I described her like gave her some keywords like mm. i wanted sort of like a david lynch vibe mm. and for it to be sort of eerie and yeah theatrical and like a closed down theater like that and and i also liked the kind of costuming like a little bit like of a, a joker or the mm. fool because i was thinking about this like there's like I think it's a tarot card, like the fool, the uh -huh. sacred fool. And I just, I loved that idea of just like, yeah, it's like what I was talking about before about n not giving into like perfectionism and just like being the full, full multifaceted human that you are being a beginner, being willing to, yeah, be an amateur and to mess up. And I feel like that's just like where it's at with creativity for me. So that was kind of like, the outfit, the sort of like cool, the fool. Um, yeah. So those were what, like how long of a day was that? You guys it was about eight it hour was day. A long yeah. day. Because That's something actually, people don't think about. Those oh my things can be so long, and music videos yeah. can take so long. And it was like we went insane. Like we did like four different shoots. We were literally shooting till like two or three in the morning, and we had like different costume changes. We did like that theater scene, and then we like went to a pond mm. where there were all these ducks. This was actually you this have was to drop Paige's the idea. alternative. This oh, the alternative oh yeah. Art. It, there, there's some on my Instagram nice. but Paige was like I just have this like weird idea and I really want to try it and I was like yeah I'm down so we went to this like duck pond and it was like at night time and she like shined these lights on me and it was so funny she sprinkled bread comes around me and then all the ducks were like coming oh. towards me I was like oh shoot <laughs> I was like holding my guitar yeah that's awesome so that was like very strange I don't know really why we did that and I also had all these like um pearls like bejeweled on my uh -huh. face it was really random but they look super cool honestly that part was her vision and yeah she uh she made something happen that i had never <laughs> seen before yeah there's actually a photo of like this duck like attacking me and i'm like oh with my guitar it's so funny that's the beauty of collaboration especially yeah. with people who really focus on like photography and videography they just yeah. have an eye for stuff you're just like 
Yeah, she know. she has like such a brilliant mind. Like she's an amazing photographer and she had so many cool ideas. I was like, I loved working with her. That's um awesome. and she really helped like guide my ideas because I had like kind of loose keywords and then she was like, Oh, what about this? What about this? She really brought it together. Um so yeah, we did so many different shoots. Cool. Yeah. That's it was awesome. really cool. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh is there anything else you want to talk about? Um I don't know. I Where never can people buy the album? Answer that question. Um, so there is a link in my bio on Instagram. The albums where does that are, lead you to? Um, the albums are selling on actually my dad's business, Ooh. Rickshaw Bag Works in San Francisco. <laughs> okay. They also make awesome bags and backpacks, and they design some guitar tote bags for me. Not guitar mm. bags, but like backpacks and tote bags and things. So they design tote bags for me as well, and that Sweet. page is up there. Um, yeah, it was actually really crazy. They set up that page for me, and I had also pressed Wax Mage Records. Do you know what those oh, are? No. They're like hand-poured, uh, randomized colors, so they kind of look like a like LSD, like tie-dye swirl. And I didn't know there's like such a big collector following of Wax Mage Records Whoa. because my dad like set up this page for selling my vinyls, and then he like went out of town. He went camping, and he didn't have service. And I noticed that he didn't set limits on the records, and I was like, oh shoot! So I will just won't post about it yet because people only really know about my music on Instagram. Yeah. But then overnight, this like Wax Mage collector group, like a Facebook group, they found my record, <sighs> and it like sold out like a few times over oh shit yeah we had to refund a lot of people but oh. it was so cool honestly like i feel really bad to disappoint people but i was just like amazed that like so many people were interested Whoa. and a lot of people like contacted me about it and were like we love your album blah blah, blah. and people now as they're like the records are shipping out um like all those people that bought them they're like posting photos and nice. like really awesome like sweet reviews oh that's awesome it's so cool i didn't oh, that's the best i didn't know about that but i highly recommend pressing wax made records and they also I'm gonna look so into that beautiful now. yeah yeah i love the aspect of each one being different mm -hmm. yeah it's so cool. That's amazing. So anyways, they're available on that website, Rickshaw Bagworks, but link in my bio. Link in the bio. All right. You well, know where it is. Dude, yeah. thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. This yeah. was so fun. Yeah.